Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lafondra looking to get side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Elm Park Rules podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Coming to you after a very scary 2-1 loss away at Burnley, which is very apt given that it's Halloween tomorrow. And I've been joined today to discuss this defeat by Matt Lansley. Morning, Alex, and morning, everyone. Are you more calm than yesterday yet, Matt? Or are you still at the same <laughs> levels of rage? Oh, my God. I think I had four nightmares last night about about it, as I thought I would. Um, yeah, there's. we're going to get into it, I'm sure. But Christ alive, it's going to take a while to get over this one, for sure. Yeah, nightmare at Turf Moor, Paul. And uh, I'm not sure they'll be releasing a movie of this one, but... It wasn't great, was it? It wasn't great viewing for Reading yesterday. No, well, in some ways it was, um, but the last few minutes were horrible, absolutely horrible. And that wasn't down to their inability, which we will come into later. But I can just imagine being in the car with you two. Lansley would have been losing his mind. Alex, you probably would have been as well. And I think completely justifiably, because as we'll come on to later, the referee had an absolute stinker. It was it was one of the more interesting uh, walks out of the stadium, waits in a car park and journeys home. I'm not going to lie, though. I'm kind of glad we did have four and a half hours to just absolutely vent because uh, it was certainly needed, I think. Yeah, we'll come on to um, the reason for our venting at some point later on in the podcast. And we'll try and keep this relatively clean, relatively um, <laughs> up until that point. But... Yeah, the the let's discuss the rest of the game first, and then we'll come back to the main talking point at the end of the podcast, shall we? Uh, so, Matt, yesterday we lined up with uh, Ince and Mate leading the line, and Mbengue came in yesterday uh, and was playing at right back, Hoylet on the bench. It was a little bit of a mishmash, I guess, is probably the best word of um the defense again yeah i mean it's it's what we're kind of it's it's the situation we're in right now right um you know but i think overall the team the team as a whole when you looked at yesterday um i think to be honest we looked very good on the counter with with mate and ints up top at swansea it kind of made sense to bring them back in for a game like today where we're going to struggle to to have the ball to keep the ball you know we're probably going to be playing counter-attacking football so I think the the on, on an attacking front, it kind of made sense. It was interesting seeing Ajari back. It was good as well, because obviously he's been out almost since I, I 
think the start of the season out of the starting lineup anyway. Um, but I think, yeah, with, with the defence, you, we, we're going to have that at the moment because we're obviously so sorry to steal your phrase, uh, Paulins, but down to the bare bones of uh, players down back there. But I mean, I think the best thing I think was was the bench. I mean, Paul seeing you know a full bench. When was the last time we could say that we had a full bench? Yeah, it's a, it's a lovely sight, isn't it? We can actually like mix and match players. We're not just putting on 17-year-olds. And some of them might be good, but if you're going to be doing that on a repeated basis, and especially at places which are tough place to go, Burnley. Oh, God, these are so many cliches. We're banging out already here. I'm, re- I'm really quite liking that. But, um, yeah, it, it is a real positive, And... It's kind of even better in some ways that we've got the break coming up in a bit for four weeks because by the time we get through the World Cup, we should really, you never know, Reading FC, we could get another four injuries, but we could have quite a strong squad by then. We could have, but it is Reading, as you say, so we'll never know. We'll we'll wait and see on that one, I think. The start of the game, uh, Matt, I think Burnley... Burnley probably uh, edged it, despite the fact that we were in it. I think they they created a couple of chances early on. And the first big chance, I think, really falls to Jay Rodriguez. Holmes gets caught uh, on the halfway line, kind of just with the ball. And he probably shouldn't do here. Um, and Bengue rushes over. I think there's a it's quite late on in the half, this chance, actually. And Mbengue rushes over and he maybe should not slide in here against Aurora. And Zorore pulls it back to Rodriguez, who's about nine or ten yards out, and he blazes miles over the bar. Yeah, yeah. What, what I would quickly say as well on this, this was actually after we had another setback at centre-back with McIntyre going off with... Um, I mean, he took a massive pelt to the head from a, from a... I can't remember who made the strike, but yeah, he ended up going off. Don't know if it was a full concussion or something, but yeah, that kind of rejigged our back line further. So you had Mbengue at right centre-back. Iadom, I think, at left centre-back, or maybe it was the other way around. And yeah, when you're looking at that, it's always a bit kind of nerve-jangling. But but yeah, you, you know, I, I think the first half, Burnley controlled the first half obviously quite well, but I guess we knew they were going to do that. They're a good footballing side. It was just probably a case of limiting the mistakes because you probably thought the way Reading were going to concede in that half was through a mistake. Um Albeit probably one does come from Holmes on the halfway line. Like you say, he's trying to stick it back. But Teller, to be fair, does really well from Burnley. He's bloody quick, really quick. <laughs> I mean, nearly caught um, Lumley out in the second half as well. Teller with his pace, um, charging him down. But but yeah, you know, I think we said it at the time, like, you know, chances like that, I guess you could say we were probably quite or well, maybe a bit lucky with, you know, it's cut back. He, he probably should have even, I, I think that was an approaching runner at the back post, which Teller could have stuck it over to. It was almost just like, I think he had three options. Teller could have brought it back to. Um, yeah, it, it was it was, it was was a chance to burn. It's probably one if it goes for you, you're looking at it and thinking, we need to be scoring there. I think that was another example throughout the game that, and we've seen in the last few weeks, how many times is it, like Paul Ince says after the game, that we're actually... The, Chances for the opposition are ones that we're giving away to them rather than them actually having to work it. And against top teams like Burnley are in the championship, you can't stop that, haven't you? And it's you're like, right. It's, it's, it's just mistakes, McIntyre. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Maybe McIntyre going off did disrupt the whole shape of the team a little bit. 
and against the quality opposition, those little things can make a big difference. And let's obviously hope Tom's uh, back playing again soon and everything's all right. Because last time he was up north and had a head injury, it was not a good one. Not yeah, so Matt did go off in the mid midway through the first half. I think it was about 30, 35 minutes, something like that. After he, he, he went down, I think he actually went down twice. I think he went down once after a shot kind of flew into his face. And then he went down again about five minutes later. And it seemed to just be a continuation of the same injury. And it looked, it looked like something, it looked like the ball hit his jaw at quite a pace, to be honest. And he came off in Bengue, I think switched to right centre-back. I'm not sure, I can't actually remember, to be perfectly honest, whether he switched to right centre-back. But Yeardom, Holmes and Mbengue were the three centre-backs with Holmes in the centre. And yeah, it, you're down to the literal, like, I mean, we're not even playing centre-backs, are we, by that point? Got you want to say bare bones, but you don't want to say it. Really We've already used bones. that one. We've already used that it's one. What other one can we use? <laughs> but I mean, we're playing a, a right winger, a right wing back. We're playing a left back, we're playing a right back at centre back. We're only actually playing one centre back in defence. It's it's not great. Uh, we really could do with Sam Hutchinson or Naby Saab getting fit sooner rather than later, because at the moment we're like you're just picking at nothing to try and try and pull together a defense. It just isn't, it isn't really going to succeed. And it's, it's similar to last year where you have, where you're playing midfielders in defense and you're just struggling to, to keep clean sheets and struggling to hold on to leads because you're not playing seasoned professional defenders there, which is frustrating. Um, but I think Paul Lins did say that McIntyre should be okay for Tuesday. Um, so hopefully he'll be, He'll be all right and he'll be able to start on Tuesday and we won't have too much in the way of selection issues. I think, Matt, we did have a we we didn't really necessarily create too many chances ourselves, but we looked dangerous on the break uh, in the first half. And I think the the one moment we did have a chance was really early on in the in the game. I think it was about the third or fourth minute, and we had a corner which Loom headed and it went a long way wide. And maybe he should do better from from the header here. Yeah, and especially when you're kind of playing a counter-attacking game, you know, you've got to take advantage of set pieces. You know, we've seen Reading this year being relatively successful and effective from from set pieces. Um, but you know, you've got to be you've got to be actually actually or at least making something from these. You know, it's not about scoring every every chance, sure. You know, you're not gonna do that, but you know, you've got to make sure that you're being effective with these chances, causing problems, giving the keeper and their defenders something to think about which yeah you're right it's 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 something that you know loom should have done better with um but um but but yeah hope, hopefully it's something they they can change obviously loom's going to be out for the next game but um they can look at going forwards yeah loom did pick up a yellow card pull uh during the second half and that gives him five yellow cards now probably not that surprising if you if anybody's watched him play this season that he's now picked up five yellow cards He's going to be out for Tuesday, and I guess the obvious switch is just to bring in Fauna. Yeah, I think so. It's going to have to be, isn't it? I mean, I'm not sure who else we can bring in. It's weird, isn't it? Because when we signed um, those two players between him and Hutchison, who would you thought would have got more yellow cards per game? It definitely would have been Hutchinson. But actually, actually, Loom has been just a walking yellow card. He just gets caught out quite a few times. He's such a mixed bag, but... In 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 Hutchinson's defence, he has been injured quite a lot. 
no, so he has just 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 to defend Hutchinson here on the yellow cards. Yeah, he's, that, that is true, but he still hasn't got that many yellow cards as many as like we thought he would have by this point. I agree, he has been injured for some of it, but I think he's only got two or three yellow cards, which. Considering there was Hutchinson Bingo talked about at the start of the season, he's actually done okay. But Fauna, hopefully he comes in and does a good job on Tuesday. So we go into half time, nil nil. And Paul, you've got to be really happy with nil nil at half time, I think, away at Burnley. They look dangerous, Burnley, but they hadn't really tested Lumley particularly. Um, and we did look relatively dangerous on the counter attack. I, I said to Matt during the like end of the first half going into half time I thought someone offered me like nine or ten to one here on Reading to win one nil I'd probably be quite happy because it it didn't seem impossible that we could go on and, and claim a point or, or get all three really because they weren't they weren't completely dominating the game and although they created chances I think everybody was well uh, in the away end at least everybody was very happy with a nil nil yeah, the thing about Burnley is they have a lot of possession, don't they? But actually, you're right, chance-wise, it was not a bucket of chances. It wasn't Lumley making save after save. It wasn't last-ditch challenges all the time. Um, obviously, the best one they had was the Rodriguez one, which maybe he should have done better with. But nil-nil at half-time, I think we would have all taken that, wouldn't we? Um, I don't I don't think that was a bad situation to be in at all. And like you say, it looked like we could go on and possibly snatch it somehow. But yeah, football. <laughs> The one thing I would say as well from the first half yesterday is that if you watched us play Swansea a few weeks ago, whenever it was a couple, last week or something, the level that we were playing in defence was much higher. We weren't playing deep. Uh, it, it was definitely a... We were, we were much higher up the field when we were trying to pull the ball away from Burnley and we weren't defending in our own box as such, which that was good to see because so many people got on the team's back for you know, what was backs to the wall against Swansea, really. But, and I thought to, I thought yesterday would be very similar, Matt, but the game plan certainly, although it was similar, it didn't end up with us playing quite so deep in our own half. Yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing, we were much more kind of in the game. Like you say, Swansea was, was, was very sit deep, knuckle down, you know, batter down the hatches kind of, kind of um, performance. Whereas today, you know, we actually, we actually came out quite a bit, you know, pretty much at Swansea. The the two goals we got were pretty much, you know, our two of kind of really our only real ta- attacks really before before the very very end of the game. You know, yesterday we had we had chances in the first half. We had we had a few shots. You know, Mate even had tried one from the halfway line. You know, um, as the keeper was quite far off his line. Um, it, it was it's it was a different performance. It was a bit it was it was nice and refreshing to see because. I guess some people might say Swansea was disappointing. You know, we defended, I think, very well against Swansea, even though we conceded three. Um, maybe a bit harsh to lose by three or concede three on that day. Um, but you know, if 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 we can come out and play like we did against against Burnley yesterday, um, on more occasions this year against the better teams, you got to think there's going to be chances there to pick up points going forwards against them. Yeah, it's a difficult one because obviously we've lost against Swansea and Burnley and QPR now, having taken the lead against all of these teams who I think they all sit in the top six now. And we took the lead away against all of them, and yet we've come away with zero points, which is very disappointing. But at the same time, also encouraging that we've actually managed to pick up points or, you know, go ahead in all those games to begin with. So 
there is some positive signs, despite the fact that we've actually gone on to lose those games, I think. And yeah, the second half, Paul, the first real moment of the second half um, was the goal. And it's another goal, which is it's route one direct football. But I mean, no one really cares. It's it's a cracking piece of like connectivity between Mayte and Ince once again. Yeah, totally. Um, I remember listening to the preview pod that you did this weekend at Turf Clarence, and they were saying that it doesn't really matter how you play, does it? If you're winning and scoring goals, nobody really cares because now they've had a big change of culture there. But yes, yeah, perfect, in it? Great flick on from Mate. Really good finish from Ince. I think like so many players would have panicked there, would have hit it into the goalie, would have tried to go around the goalie, not to get it right. But yeah, I... He's been fantastic this season. And if anything, I'd say he's getting better. He had a little bit of a dip, but now he's come back again. And yeah, you can't do anything but praise Tom Ince this season. I think he's been uh, brilliant. And the goal yesterday just kind of topped it off for him. And I think there'll be more to come and more assists as well. And Matt, Yakumete yesterday, I think he's proving that he's probably uh, a little bit of an invaluable piece, really, against these teams where we've where we feel like we might not touch too much of the ball and we're going to play counter-attacking because he does win an awful lot of the ball in the air. And the goal kind of illustrates the fact that he is going to create chances for us. Yeah, it's it's one of it's one of um the things, you know, we always say about Yakimate, one of his best actual, you know, attributes is his um is his ability in the air, you know, be that in the box, um, you know, knocking on headers from corners or crosses. Um, or long balls up to him, you know, he's he's incredibly infect, um, effective when the ball comes up to him. You know, we talk about, um, you know, how good Andy Carroll is in the air, but, you know, I don't think Yaku Mate is actually that much worse than Andy Carroll. And I guess the thing you get with Mate in games like today is is his pressing ability, his pace, you know, because he's he's incredibly quick. He's quick, he's strong, you know, there's he's almost perfect for, for when you need to play like this. And you kind of, I kind of think when we go to or play against teams, like your Swansea's, like your Burnley's, that you know we know they're going to have most of the ball. I'd almost probably say he's probably number one striker to be to be starting because I guess you know I, I I said we weren't in the game that much against Swansea, but it was effective against Swansea when it was needed to be. And yesterday I mean, he, he was set, he set the counter attack up goal then as well, didn't he? So he did, yeah, exactly. So it's you know he's I could almost see when 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 we're playing you know the the better teams I'll say you know we'll probably see a combination of um uh you know Mate and Long uh, sorry not Long Mate and Ince um Long might come in but um it'll probably be Mate and Ince and then probably the lower teams you're probably gonna maybe see Zhao come back in because of the individual quality how good is it to see Yaku back in the team there because I was really a little bit concerned that Paul Ince wasn't going to play him for some reason. I, I don't know what that was, but there seemed to be some kind of issue about picking him when even when he was fit. And now he's come back and like you've both said, he seems to have a real impact on matches. And maybe that's worked out well for Paul Ince. That's exactly what he wanted was that impact on. So yeah, fair play to everyone there. It seems to be working. I think definitely there was a there was definitely a selection issue with him. Um, we we as fans all think that he's best on the right and that is his you know best position and not as a striker but actually he's proven to be very effective as a striker in this kind of system where we're playing with not a lot of the ball and he's able to just utilize his strength to to win the ball uh on the counter attack and it, it seems to be working so far so i can 
yeah, I kind of agree, Matt. I think that we might see Zhao starting less and less, especially away from home. And might see, you know, Mate and then a long subbing in for Mate late in games to kind of keep that system potentially. So we went ahead 55th minute, 56th minute, and I Burnley tried to put pressure on here for the next 10, 10 minutes or so, and it did pay off. They scored after 66 minutes with uh, their substitute, Benson Manuel, getting a goal from outside the area. Paul, talk us through the goal. What do you think of it? Well, first of all, it was a tricky header for Mbengue to get away, the header. But maybe in an ideal world, he heads that away a little bit further. But I think the strike from Benson is a good strike. It's not the best strike I've ever seen. He doesn't hit it like a Patriot missile or anything like that. But... I think Lumley would have done well to save it. Now, I know you two uh, slightly disagree on that one, and that is fair enough, but I think it's a bit harsh to say on Lumley he should definitely save that one. Or like I think... Well, well, I do well, think... I'm just going to say. <laughs> it's like, uh, I think he gets some stick sometimes for, like, goalies in general, for, like, these shots from outside the box. And some of them maybe he should have done better, but on that one alone yesterday... I think it would have been a little bit harsh to have a go at him about it. But you go on, Matt. I think I think the biggest thing with with Lumley at the moment, and when you look at kind of long range shots, you know, we've we've had this with Raphael and even Luke Southwood. You know, they seem to have a real problem saving saving shots from from range and kind of uh, what, what was was it was was it a good strike? Would it have caught you know Lumley off guard yesterday? You know, striking it on the volley like like he did possibly but you know there's there's obviously something that's not quite right with Lumley with shots from range because he's now conceded you know three goals from range in three uh, no four matches you know one one against West Brom at Swansea and again today you know and in reality like I thought I I thought the game I have to say the game I thought it was a very good strike I thought it was right in the corner but it was only right in the corner because Lumley gets a hand to it you know, it's not right in the corner. It's not hit with the most amount of pace. You know, like, has it, like, I'm not trying to slam Lumley with, you know, that he, he should be doing better this season because on the whole, he's been okay. I don't think he's been earth-defining, earth-breaking, but he's been perfectly fine. You know, he's a he's a good championship keeper, I'd say. But when, when you're 1-0 up away from home against a team like Burnley, when you've got a savable or probably a... a a, a shot that you could save like like that he's he's just got to be making that and he's got to be you know tipping that around the post in my opinion hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Uh, yeah, yeah, you could be right there. I mean, it's hard to know, isn't it? It'll kind of, it's, I feel it's a little bit harsh. I think Lumley's been quite good this season. And maybe that's because the expectations when he came in were really quite low. Uh, let's not pretend that, uh, you know, everyone was a little bit fearful with seeing what Middlesbrough QPR yeah. fans have said about him. But you, what did you think about it, Alex? I mean, I, I was a little bit annoyed that Lumley's conceded again from outside the area. But um, it's one of those where you think 
it's happened, like Matt said, three times in four games now. And I think he probably should do better. I, I'm, it's a struggle to kind of like be frustrated at Lumley too much because ultimately they probably were going to get a chance. They probably would have, you know, scored eventually. It's, it's, it's difficult to keep a clean sheet away at the highest scoring team in the league. That's kind of the reality of the situation. But that being said, I think the shot is not that strong. He's done well to keep it low to the ground. Like fair play to, to Benson there for, for managing that, but I don't think it's a an incredible goal or anything. And the more I look back at the goals we've conceded this season, the West Brom goal from um, Hickman Gardner, the strike from Jay Fulton at Swansea, they all they they're all good shots, but none of them are top corner, unsavable like world class goals. They're all just long range efforts that have, have kind of snuck past him. Um, and it is a weakness of his, I think. It's a weakness of his in terms of his pace to get down to shots and to get across to shots. That is just one of the things that we kind of have to accept. He's not that good from long range. And we probably will concede more than we should, I think, from long range this season. It's just a bit unfortunate that that's going to be the situation. But then close up, he's actually pretty fantastic. So it is hard, isn't it? There's like um, yeah. pros and cons to and- Joe Lumley, isn't there? And he and he did kind of make up for it later in the half as well. With a, I mean, that there, there was a shot that was straight at him. I'm trying to remember who it was from, but it was from about nine, ten yards, and it's straight at him. But he does well to kind of get it away and keep it away from danger as well, Alex. Yeah, so I think that was about eighty minutes, 75, 75 80 minutes, and Burnley are probably on top, really. I think after about seventy-five, eighty minutes, and they are pushing for a winner here. And- it got quite open almost at that point, didn't it? It got quite end to end, and yeah, Reading started pushing, Burnley started pushing. Both teams were looking for a winner, and I think that that, that Burnley chance it is hit straight at Joe Lumley, but he has to save that one. Uh, it does make up for the for the goal, sort of. Um, it's a it's a reasonable save, but it is hit kind of straight at him. And then Reading make a sub. I think Shane Long comes on with about ten minutes to go, Matt, and. The last 10 minutes, Reading are pushing. Like I think Reading probably are the team who looked more likely to score in that last 10 minutes. Yeah, and I mean, Hoyle has a great chance. It's not actually on the highlights, but Hoyle has a great chance at the back post with a with, with a header. Um, ball comes in, floats over to the back post. And I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Hoyle win a header, let alone out jump someone at a back post. But my God, he leapt like a salmon. And uh, it's just... For as good as his leap was, it was just a feeble header, really. I mean, he we we, we spoke about it on the way home, didn't we? And you can score here, like the, and most people aren't going to have seen this this header, unfortunately. But there's a, a, a cross from the left hand side. I think it's from Fauna, who's done really well to get to the byline. He's he knocked it right to the back post, and Hoylet's out jumped left back uh, on the six yard box. And he's headed it pretty much directly at the keeper, who's yeah. and he's, he's at an angle, Hoylet. He, he, he heads it. Straight. He heads it down. Which, like, yeah. we, we 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 had a discussion on the way back. Do you head it down there? Do you just go for power because of how close you are? He probably should have. Like, oh, most most headers, people will say you head it back back the way you came. You, you head it into the ground, make it hard for the goalkeeper. But you kind of think in that position when you're, you know, because he was actually probably like about four yards out. You know, he was really close. You just want to go for power near post, just get it in. You know, um, but 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 like like say Alex, it's 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 not on the highlights. It's probably one that might get forgotten somewhere. But it was a really really good chance for Hoyle at this. 
Yeah, it was a massive chance um, for Reading to, to go on and win the game. And we then had seven... The elephant minutes. in the room, we'll say. Yeah, we'll, we'll skip past that, but we'll come back to it. I think we had seven minutes of injury time. And Burnley scored in, I want to say, like the fifth minute, fourth minute of injury time, or something like that. Paul, the, the second Burnley goal... Don't worry, people who are waiting for us to discuss the referee, we will come back to it uh, because it's going to take us absolutely ages to go through it. But, Paul, the second Reading goal that they conceded, Burnley's second goal, it's really frustrating to see because it's a ball that's kind of, it's a great cross with the outside of its foot. And it's one of those goals where you see it and if another team scores it, oh, that's a good goal, pretty decent. And, like, you see your team conceding, you just absolutely just devastated in the last minute to watch that go in oh yeah totally um you hate watching that goal if you score it you say oh shit that's amazing uh berberman should a foul him block him first of all to get the cross in and junior hoyler switches off at the back post doesn't he um there's lots of skill there from bernie there's no doubt i'm not saying there was no way that goal was lucky or anything there's bits there that we could have improved on and we could have done more to stop it um it's a shit house, isn't it? Really, that one. It's really hard to talk about that goal and not talk about what happened before, because we all know that that was such a massive game-changing moment that we're going to talk about. We must talk about that. We need to get it out of our systems. Because okay, right. Well, the, the, yeah. the elephant in the room just, has a rose. Here we go. Let's just wrap up the second goal. I think Hoyt probably should do better here. He's, yeah, he's yeah, definitely. Hoy, Hoylet should do better. Maybe Lumley as well. I mean, I don't again want to come back to Lumley, but again, whoa, he's, whoa. He's, I, I but, don't think Lumley's got anything to do with it. Yeah, but yeah, but he, he's 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 kind right. of running across his goal, and he doesn't even really do anything apart from slide onto his knees. Like, I mean, he's not flung himself at it. Like, I mean, there, there's there, there's multiple people in this goal. Like, like you say, you could probably say he's accountable. Like Alex says, it's why it's probably so frustrating because Baba should or someone should bring down the runner, you know, before they get to. Before they even get to the box, you know, you should just foul in there. Just take, just take the yellow card. I know Loom can't. Loom's running over um, at a later stage as well. He can't foul because he would have obviously gone off. But Baba can... Raman, I think Raman was on a yellow as well. But somebody should. Oh right, right. actually, with that. But yeah, at that point, at that point, okay. If you're Baba or Mam, you don't want to get sent off in a match, and you will. Oh no, 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 no. And I, but I forgot. If Rahman you'd have brought him down. And been sent off, and we don't concede. Would any of one really have cared? Probably because you got looting away, and you're already looming. It'd be a bit, fr it'd be a bit frustrating, but ultimately, I guess if, if you save the point, you save the point. Mm. Right? Like that's. I would have taken it personally, but it's a big take a red for the team, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a frustrating one. Hoyle probably should do better. Zarore gets probably a deserved goal. Let's be honest, because. I mean, he was very anybody good. who listens to the preview would have heard the Burnley fan absolutely rave about him. He was ridiculous yesterday. Easily one of the best players that I've watched this season so far. Um, and I'd be stunned if he's still playing at Burnley next season if they don't get promoted. But let's come back. Probably we need to come back 25 minutes in the game first because we'll discuss the refereeing decisions. Because I think there's... There's three, which we should discuss. And they're all penalty decisions, and none of them are given. Matt, let's discuss the Burnley penalty. Actually, no, let's not discuss the Burnley one first. Let's discuss the, the, the main one first. Let's discuss the injustice that happened in the 92nd minute for Reading oh, and oh has basically denied us the chances of getting all three points at Turf Moor. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we, 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 we were discussing it on the way. Well, it goes without saying we were discussing it on the way on the way back um, yesterday. I mean, it's just like it's it's the fact that it's, it's it's not even the fact that we could have got three points. If if a penalty gets given there, you know, it likely just probably peters out into a one-one, even if it's saved. You know, like if if if, if that penalty is given, they don't score. You know, that's that's the that's the biggest thing here. You know, because it's they, they score about a minute and a half after. You know that that penalty should have been given, and quite I I just cannot I cannot understand how a referee and his linesman haven't given that. We 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 said it when we were. Um, at, at, at one of the service stations, you know, having 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 a bit of dinner, like it was. How many times do you not see an assistant referee actually, again, as Int says, have the balls to make a call? You know, because if the referee hasn't seen that, I don't know how the ref doesn't see it. Because I mean, it's plainly in his in his line of sight. How on earth a linesman doesn't see it is just absolutely unbelievable. Like I don't even see what the referee can have thought has happened there. Like, I mean, if 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 he thinks that Inter somehow dived, sure, well, well, it's like there's a yellow card going his way. But I mean, I don't even see how you can see a dive there. So, I mean, there's going to be people who probably haven't seen it. So I'll I'll kind of give you a little bit of a description here. It's the 92nd minute, I think, 93rd minute. Tom Ince wins the ball off uh, the Burnley left back Ian Matson just outside the penalty box on our right hand side. He dashes back into the box and Ian Matson tries to tackle him from behind. Uh, and as he does, he basically just wipes his left leg out, knocking Tom into the floor. He puts his hands up. You can see plenty of Burnley fans in the in the old home end with their hands on their heads because they know it's a penalty. That's one of the worst things. If you watch the highlights, have a look at the Burnley fans on the right because almost probably like two-thirds three quarters of them all just put their hands on their heads i mean everyone knows it's a penalty everyone knows it's a penalty the ref i, I like i've actually freeze framed it as well the ref has a perfect line of sight between hendrick and yeardham there is nothing that is obstructing his his view he's probably 15 no more than 15 yards away no more than 15 yards away and he has not seen it it's a fucking joke that's what it is you look at it Fucking and you think he's bottled it. He's absolutely bottled it, the ref, as uh, Pauline said. If that's at the opposite end, he's given it. It's not, yeah, but, yeah, but I, yeah. Like, I don't even think it's if it's at the opposite end. Any other minute of the day that that happens, that's given as a penalty. No, it's not I even at the if other it's the end. end he's going to give it. Honestly, the pressure is going to give there, it every it? other time. It's just, it's absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, I, I honestly. I can't see how I've not seen anyone say it wasn't a penalty. Any Burnley fan. I mean, when you've got Vincent company coming out and saying, yeah, it's a penalty. And obviously he can say that he's in a position where he's, he's won, won the game. Doesn't it? Doesn't matter. It's, a nice, easy, it's yeah. a nice, easy thing for him to say because they've gone and won the game. Exactly. Exactly. But so fair, you can think, oh, that's good of him, which it is, but ultimately it's very easy. But Vincent company is a nice guy. So I don't have anything against him. He's fair, a yeah, fair guy. play for saying it, but you've gone and won the game. So really, yeah. you know, Exactly. But come on. I remember doing the podcast with um, Bowen recently and he said that referees cost points. And that is a classic example of how it's a game changing moment. If we go there and we get the opportunity to score and that's what it's all about. We don't know if we score, but if we do score, we go there 2-1. Imagine the confidence going through the team and in some ways, more importantly for us, the fans. All of a sudden we've gone to the top team 
and we've won 2-1. I mean, that is insane. I mean, no one would have expected that really at the beginning of the game. They'd hope for it. But it is you just want them to do their job properly. And that was such an obvious penalty. It wasn't one of those ones when you look at it and think, oh, I'm not quite sure. It's like, come on. Come on. That is 100% a penalty. And, I mean, as Matt and Paul Ince have said, he said yesterday, the assistant referee is no further than 10 yards away. Um, the fact that he hasn't got the, the balls to give that as a penalty and make a decision is so frustrating. And it, it just begs the question, what's the point? What's the point in having you as a linesman and an assistant referee if all you're doing is waving a flag to direct which way the referee's already given a decision? Yeah, but you might, like, 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 like the ref, the, the, like the, I think the ref has got the, the, the most perfect view of that because he can see that he can see that Matson's behind. He, 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 he's essentially side on to this. So he can see that Matson is behind Ince. He can see that he's coming from behind on Ince. He can see that he's got nothing on the, nothing on the ball. You know, that like, like, like the ref has got the most, per. he's probably, it's probably the best thing he's done all game by being in the best position there, you know, to see that, to see that free, um, or to see the, 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 the foul on Ince. And yet he's still not given it. You know, if, if you cannot make the simplest of decision like that, you should not be a referee. Pack your bags and go find a normal job. Like seriously, it's utterly pathetic. You know, utterly. But the worst thing, he won't have any accountability because there's, there's, there, there is like, you know, he, he'll just say in his post match report, I didn't see it. Whoop de do. He'll be, he'll be refereeing in the championship this week, and it just gets swept under the carpet. And you know, it's going to be an apology coming in this week, don't you? You just know it. You know it, and it makes keep, keep, keep your no apology, difference. keep, keep the apology to yourself, EFL or ref. Seriously, I yeah. don't want to see you refereeing another fucking match in your life because you're will, an utter disgrace. So I will say. The Reading will get their their share of luck as well with penalties going against them. Like to give this a little tiny bit of balance, Reading will get their share of luck because we have had moments as well this season where we should have given away penalty. Sam Hutchin at QPR was it was a handball. We all saw it. QPR fans all saw it. The only person who didn't see it was the referee, similar to yesterday. But yesterday becomes such a joke because it's the 92nd minute in a game where it's one-one. And how are you meant to? How are you meant to justify that? How are you meant? And to... defines a match. Yeah, you know? it, it, it's the end of the match, and it defines defines what the result is going to be. Uh, Alex, yeah. you are right about balancing out. There will be decisions, but it just it it's fucking annoying. Isn't it? I think if, if you <laughs> can't like just yeah. just to tr- yeah, I'm just trying to give it a little bit of balance because if you get no, right. out the you decisions right. which go yeah. for Reading, you need to have a little bit of balance and say actually, yeah, we do get a little bit our way as well sometimes because and that's just. That's how it works. But ultimately, the, the ones which go against you are always going to be more frustrating, particularly when they're as like, crappy as that that decision. Um, I mean, the refereeing, there was two other decisions, Matt, we'll quickly touch on. There was two other penalty shouts. Shouts is a real like stretch here um, during the game. One of them. So both of, like, both of the Reading penalty shouts that were during the game ended with Burnley scoring about 90 seconds later i think this one was about 60 yeah 65 minutes just before burnley scored and it comes out the ball comes over from a corner uh, on our right hand side it bounces around a little bit in the box and it definitely strikes an arm in the penalty box i'm about 90 percent sure it's hit a burnley hand or a burnley arm um yakumete seems convinced it hit a burnley hand and he's screaming for a penalty, but not not many other players do. This yeah. one, I feel like you can kind of maybe give a little bit of a pass to the referee for, because 
it's one of the things that we would definitely get on a ref for if he gave a penalty here and he wasn't sure it'd hit a Burnley hand. Yeah, I mean, like we we we, we again we discussed this one kind of on 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 the way back, and I mean at the time in the game, I actually um, I thought it hit Yakumate's hand, but then kind of when I think about it, it's Yakumate isn't going to be protesting the way that he protested if it hit his own hand, right? You know, and no Burnley player were you know they're all walking away quite sheepishly, you know. I guess like the one thing we kind of said, you if you're a referee, you could probably look at the reactions there. And like, even if you think that it's hit a hand and you might, it might have hit Mate's hand, Mate's not going to be walking away shouting for a penalty if it's hit his hand. And no Burnley player is going to be, you know, um, like, like, like not, not appealing if they think it's going to have, you know, hit Mate's hand. So you could probably make an educated kind of decision there on uh, actually this is hit a hand it's probably going to have been a Burnley hand looking at the reactions but then you know we always you know get so frustrated when linesmen and referees you know not assume but kind of um they base uh, their decision they guess right yeah if they make yeah. it off reactions or guess yeah it, it's it's yeah but um but but yeah you know it's it's well it's said it after I can't remember the player it was on but it's you know he he seems pretty nailed on it, it was a blatant amble and then we'll discuss one more penalty decision, which this one is maybe a little bit of a stretch, Paul. The Burnley fans... Don't say this to Burnley fans, please. They, they're, they're incensed, the, seemingly, at this one. The Burnley fans yesterday were... were in, they were a blatant penalty for Burnley in the first half, Paul. Absolutely ridiculous that it wasn't awarded. And frankly, it was just karma that Ince's penalty wasn't given. And I saw the video this morning... And, I mean, how soft do you want to be? Holmes has wrapped his arms around a, a, a player at a corner and they're, they're calling it like it's the biggest injustice of all time here. Yeah, that's. I don't think that's a penalty. If you're giving ones for that every single week, wouldn't you? I mean, just imagine that if you were giving those. I mean, that's ridiculous. He has got his arms around him, but God almighty. If you're going to do any comparison compared to the last like 93rd minute one, that we one when he got hacked down, and like, there's just no comparison, is there? There, there really isn't. And I mean, he's um, back four paces into home. We say as well. it's Burnley fans, but it's some Burnley fans, isn't it? I think most Burnley it's, it's, fans. It's, are it's a, if you look on Twitter, it's quite all over the RFC hashtag and uh, BSC hashtag. Yeah, I hashtag. know, but momentum on Twitter <laughs> doesn't mean anything's true. It really doesn't. I just. Either. I just find it funny because half the Reading fans were thinking, "What, what, what decision are they talking about?" Like, I mean, there wasn't there, there, there wasn't even that much of an appeal in the stadium at the time, for Christ's sake. You know, I mean, come on, get a grip. Like, it's 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 just not a penalty. Like, I mean, like like fair enough, you won. You, you've capitalised from you know you, you've got lucky at the end of the game with your penalty decision, but don't try and make up absolute bollocks about other penalty decisions in the game because it just clearly wasn't. Companies, your manager's not even spoken about it, not even mentioned it. You know. Like, come on. Here's something to drop in here. Sorry, Alex, to cut across you here, but I'm going to put in this idea in and just give a quick answer here, Matt. Not like <laughs> a three-hour um, uh, discussion. Oh, we've had enough uh, of these, I think, in the chat. Yes or no? Yes. No, you know you know my views on VAR. I'm probably the biggest advocate for it kind of out of us. I know we all disagree on it, but I mean, re- refereeing is so bad in this division. You know, like, like VAR's been given to the Premier League because Premier League refs need help. And they're apparently the best referees in the country. If you're giving, you know, help to the best referees in the country, but then not to the level below, like I know then you'll say, well, how far do you trickle that down? But it, something needs to happen and it needs to come in, in my opinion. Well, 
it's not going to come in anytime soon. Unfortunately, it's not going to affect yesterday's result. But, Paul, I think that we can probably take, as fans and as players as well, the club can take quite a lot of pride from yesterday's performance at the very least. Yes, performance doesn't equal points necessarily all the time, uh, but we, we took Burnley to the end of the game. We probably should have at least had the opportunity to win the game there at the end. And it's very difficult to feel disheartened by the performance at all. Um, I think it's one where we one where we can't really be too down about the fact that we've lost necessarily, despite the fact that we have lost, because there's a lot of encouraging signs that, you know, the fight is there and the, the quality is there, that we can go to these teams and we've got more than enough to pick up points against against teams away from home this season. But unfortunately, we're, you know, we're moments away from being maybe seven points better off, like the small moments have cost us so far. Yeah, I think um, when you look at the objectives for the season, for me and for possibly a lot of Redden fans, is to stay up. Are we being competitive with teams at the top of the league? Yeah, we are. The teams, there's only one team at the top that's really thrashed us. I'm going to forget the Rotherham match because that was such a weird one. The Sheffield United game, they absolutely blitzed us. All the others, when we played against Swansea, QPR, yesterday, we've been in the game. We've been more than competitive. I, I think that we just need to pick up those points against kind of Preston next week. And that will not be simple as well. We just need to get to those kind of levels of 30 points, 32 points before we're going into the world cup. And then we'll start to think, okay, relegation's looking pretty unlikely here. I, I don't think we should get too down after displays like yesterday. We're in the game. And I think it's a start of a process this season. We get through this season and then next season, hopefully with better recruitment set up, just better structure at the club, we start to move forward. I know that's a big kind of like uh, look there, but it's easy to get too negative after all these uh, losses that we all want to be at the top of the league, but I think we're going in the right direction. It doesn't feel like we're a million miles away, Matt, from from picking up these points away at, at the better teams in the league at the moment, does it? No, no, like like you said, like like Paul have said, you know, it's frustrating kind of as these past couple of weeks and, you know, run of kind of five, six games have been, you know, only only winning one out of six now. We, 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 we've also taken you know, a very good Norwich team, you know, to a good home draw as well. You know, there have been some very good performances in here and we've just been ever so close on certain occasions to to actually getting a point, getting three points. And, you know, some games like yesterday not really being of our doing in the end, you know, because if if a decision's given, you might have got you might have got that 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 win against a top top team. But you know, I think I think it's really key kind of for for, for Reading fans because we've got tough games coming up, like say, you know, you're you're away at Luton who I think they're top four now, aren't they? You know, very on a very good run not an easy place to go kind of all throwed you know then Preston very resilient team and then Hull you know which we even though they're down the bottom they might be getting a new manager soon you know Liam Rossinia and we also never seemingly beat Hull they are one of our seemingly three bogey teams that 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 we have but you know when you look at kind of the games we have had the performances that have been put in you know we're limiting these these really really good top championship teams to very few chances people will say well we're playing defensive yeah but we're actually playing pretty well defensively um so hopefully the luck might change um at some point and we'll be able to you know 
pick up some points against these teams. Yeah, fingers crossed in the second half of the season, we might be talking about some wins away at some of these teams. <laughs> that it doesn't feel, like we're too, doesn't feel like we're too far away, um, certainly. We've got Luton away on Tuesday. We've got Preston at home on Friday. Another spell of three games in six days. Thank you very much, Sky Sports, for that. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, do give us a follow on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Give us a review. I will accept a five-star review. Anything else is not really going to be particularly appreciated. But, you know, give whatever review you think is best. Join us again in midweek for the Luton review. And we'll be back then. Until then, have a great weekend and we'll speak to you very soon. Cheers.